This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This is Michelle Fern, your host on Catitude. Today I have with me an author that has written one of the most unusual books I've ever read about cats. It's called Soul Cats, and it's written by Tamara Shank. Stay tuned because we're going to speak with her, and it's a lot more than just about cats. We'll be right back. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to welcome Tamara Shank. She is the author of Soul Cats and also the founder of Energy Field Mastery. Welcome, Tamara. Thanks so much for having me, Michelle. I'm so excited to have you. So I thought your book was just amazing. There's so much in this book. First of all, you talk about three senior cats that you adopted as seniors, which just so much uh, gratitude that you adopted senior cats because they're so hard to get adopted. And this book is just more than just about your senior cats because you also talk about how you communicate with them and, and others have communicated with them and how to kind of um, really understand them. So what would you say Soul Cats is about? Yeah, Soul Cats is about a very close soul level relationship between me and my cats. And uh, it's about a lot of the non-tangible things in this relationship. Yeah, it's really about connecting on a much deeper level. And in, in the case of, of my cats, it's really, it was always my passion to care about senior cats. So they have, as you said, normally not so very good chances to get adopted. And uh, yeah, I just felt guided to do it this way. And it's also a book about my story, how I found my path on becoming an energy healer and doing this work and helping humans and animals on an energetic level. Okay. And we're going to talk more about that later. So, but I just want to mention, hopefully it's okay. During the beginning of the book, you also worked as an analyst. Yes. Yes. Now, Okay, I know a little bit about that. And from (laughs) from what I can understand, when you're an analyst, you're generally, you know, crunching numbers and and all of that. Yes. (laughs) Right? 
Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm a very structured person. <laughs> right. And I did a lot of analytical work. Yes. And the reason I want to mention that is because it's almost from kind of one extreme, because when <laughs> dealing with numbers, it's very black and white. You know, it's, um, a bazillion years ago, I dated an accountant and I, I have a background in business, but marketing. So I took those classes and then they were not my favorite, but analytical. <laughs> I, I do like analysis though, but it's very black and white, very number crunching. This It's this or this. There's no gray really, or there shouldn't be much gray or you can be in trouble. But you went from that to being a trauma clearing master healer and trainer, which is a whole <laughs> kind of a whole other way of thinking. Yes. Yes, it is. I want to bring that out because we have many types of people that have cats that are listening. And I think that's important for people to understand that because you have to open your mind to things that are different always. And if you have cats, even more so. And if you have senior cats, oh, even more so. <laughs> yeah. Really open your mind. We'll talk about more about the training and everything a little bit later. Why did you decide to adopt senior cats? And I want to just add, I loved meeting Max and Flix and Howie in your book. <laughs> and you were such a good cat mom, many vet trips. Wow. So what made you decide I'm going to just adopt senior cats? I know that, you know, they probably have some traumatic stuff, you know, that brought them there. They might have some illnesses, but that's okay. That's for me, which is the much harder path, I think. Yeah, so honestly, this was really intuition, but I just felt guided to do it this way. And I mean, I was growing up with dogs and with horses, and there were always cats around. And then when I went to university and I started working, I started more as a consulting life, and I wasn't at home during the week. And then I had less and less animal connections in my life, and that wasn't a good path for me. So I was, yeah, just... I didn't feel very grounded at this time. And when I was, I think it was around 37, 38. So I had challenges in, uh, at work and went really in, in a crisis there. And I had health issues. And this was actually the time when I started to really do more spiritual work. Let's say I was looking for the bigger picture. Let's put it this way. So there has to be something more behind the physical, emotional, and mental layer. And um, I did a lot of workshops then in, um, during the next couple of years. And so this journey was already underway when I then decided, hey, I, I just have to have animals and pets back in my life. And that was really my soul whispering to me, seeing your cats, that's it. <laughs> and so I did that. <laughs> and no kittens. You decided I want older cats, not just older cats. Yeah. I want like 16-year-old cats, 17-year-old cats. Yeah. So when we adopted Max and Flick, so I mean, these were estimated ages because there were cats and found outside. So Max was estimated to be 12 and Flick's 15. Yes. And later on, when Howie came, he was 16 when we adopted him. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, throughout the book, you are so attuned to, because I read the entire book, you are so attuned to how your cat's feeling, if they, you know, have to go to the vet, emergency vet trips. 
and no qualms. You just, okay, we have to go to the emergency bed. I think I read a couple of times you were there till two in the morning. There were other people that had to go before you. Yours wasn't as traumatic. How did you cope with this? And if you don't mind, this is a little personal. I don't know. You might be a millionaire, so maybe it, it doesn't matter. No, no, how did, no. You, <laughs> how did you afford this? I've had a couple of events at the emergency. Yeah. And oh my gosh, it's expensive. Yeah, so first of all, and, and the many side, so I'm living in Germany, so the vet costs are not as dramatic as they are in the US. So that might change over time, but I can just recommend to really have a cat health insurance. Yeah, so that at least it needs surgery that this is done and covered. So that's just what I would recommend to do. That helps. Yeah, but I know in the US, it's very different very financial different. investment yes. for, for emergencies. I know. Yeah. And that's another thing we should probably change here. But who knows? We can only hope we're getting better. You know, we're getting better at adoption, less euthanizing, thank good. And there's some states that don't even allow pets to be sold from a store. It has to be breeder or if they're in a location, they're brought there from a shelter and it's like an event through the store. It's not like it could be a pet store having the event. It's not like a uh, where they're selling the uh, pets, which is nice. We're getting there. So how did your cats, well, you know what, before we talk about how your cats kind of moved you on to becoming a trauma clearing master healer and trainer, first, can you tell us a little bit about and, you know, kind of introduce our listening audience, um, Max and Flix and um, Howie. Yeah, absolutely. So Max is the ginger boy on the cover of the book. So he was actually the one who adapted me. And he was also the one who gave this assignment to me to write the book called Soul Cats. So it, it was funny when we were in the shelter and just I've seen Max and he has seen me and that was already a connection. So he was very affectionate, which is very unusual for cats when they meet strangers. And we didn't see Flix at this point. So Flix was in, in the back part of the, the cat dwelling there and, and he was just in fear and he really hoped nobody would see him and he could stay there. And Max went back and forth and really wanted to make sure that we had did both of them, which was the plan anyway. So and at some point, he just put himself on, on my back and, and looked at me. And it was like, could you do the paperwork here that we can move on? <laughs> and then that's what we did. <laughs> so this is how. So Max is the, the big ginger boy and flicks. He was just half the size of Max, a black and white beauty, a very different character. He's always, I say, Flix is the big thinker. He was a very analytical cat. He always had this, this look like he was overthinking stuff. He sometimes really felt depressive when things didn't work out for him. Uh, so very different characters. And Max was the one who always took care of him. Yeah, Max always felt very responsible for Flix. Maybe until half a year before he transitioned on the other side, then he really stepped back and allowed Flix to, to take over his, his role. That was really beautiful to see how they balance this out. You know, it's interesting how two cats can sometimes pair together and you know they're just there for each other. They can separate, you know, because cats, they're innately predatory, so they do do their separate things, but they do come together. I have this with Sammy and Jethro. They're my feral outdoor cats that 
have they have a house and everything they have they have more than we don't just put out a bowl to feed them but they're like boyfriend girlfriend but they're they're just <laughs> together all the time you know and she wouldn't do good in the home so we can't separate them but it's interesting how they just come together why do you think that max chose flicks so to me it's pretty much the same as human souls. So if you meet someone and instantly have the feeling, wow, I, I know this person so well, I think we met before. And probably you met previously in this life, or maybe you you know this person, this soul from, from another life. So and for cats, it's it, it's pretty much the same. They're also here a couple of times. And Max explained this at some point, he felt immediately responsible for Flicks. And also it was the same for Flick. So he always opened up a lot regarding Max. And later on, it took some time to until he really opened up to Howie. So who found us <laughs> after Max passed away? Okay, we're going to take a short break when you come back and talk about how you talked to your cats. We'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. We're talking with Tamara Shank. She is the author of Soul Cats, and she is also the founder of the Energy Field Mastery. So in your book, in several places, your cats, you have at first some experts speaking to your cats. I think one was Sylvia, one was Kirsten, if I'm remembering correctly. And, (laughs) you know, I have a lot of bookmarks here in the book, <laughs> the whole thing. And, and, you know, it's interesting when Sylvia talked to Max, because you would get a situation and you thought, I need to have Sylvia talk to Max. She didn't just say, oh, yeah, Max is fine. She went into detail. She would, you know, well, he has some pain in this hind leg and so forth and so forth. So one, some people might think, oh, yeah, sure. How does this happen? And you had a really interesting response in your book when you compare different languages. Can you mention that? Yeah, there are a couple of ways to to explain this. So... First of all, I would like to point out that how it works is by the higher senses every human being has, but we probably unlearned how to use this. And I was one of them. So initially, I couldn't do this at all. So all my channels, my intuition were not very good. (laughs) So that has to be trained and also 
um, some blockages to be cleared, so to be really able to receive information on, on this. Yeah, it's interesting with, yeah, in this Living with the Lama, what the cat explained in this book that the cats really don't speak this language or that language or this one, but they really communicate on a certain level. You can call it in a certain energy frequency or probably everyone knows the term, this is my wavelength. Yeah, and this is exactly what it is. And on that level, you receive information. And in your brain, then you receive it in your, in your language. But animal communication is a lot more than that. Not everyone receives words and sentences. So some are more specialized in tuning into the animal and receive these body feelings. So what you just also mentioned with Sylvia did with Flick. So this is how he's feeling. There are some issues here. There's an old injury there. And others are more active on picking up the emotions, what the animal is currently feeling and what state they're in. And others receive more words. So there are variations and all of these three areas are important and have their place. There was a really interesting section in the book where you kind of compared how you know, for people out there that are naysayers or just, you know, I don't know if I can get past this. It doesn't make sense to me. And you compared it to understanding different languages. Yeah. Can you go into a little detail with that? Because I once I read that and I thought, I mean, I'm pretty open-minded with a lot of things to begin with. I'm not saying everybody is or should be, you know, but this was a great analogy. Yeah. So what I mean with that is that the animals actually, as they don't speak these languages, but they converse it by thought. So they communicate these thoughts. And so they don't have to be in a, in a certain language, but there is actually a conversion taking place. So you, you get the idea of the thought. That's the section you refer to, right? Yes. And you also mentioned a section where people will hear things and sometimes just in the vocal part and listening mm -hmm. to their cats. You know, we hear in the US, I hear Chinese or Japanese, I don't speak them, mm -hmm. but you can sometimes get what somebody is communicating. And on yeah. that level, you can understand what your, your cats mean. Yeah. Because you receive the energy of the words. Yeah. So every word has a certain energy and that's what you receive. And you're, if you're receptive to that, you understand the meaning of that. And this is pretty much here the same because some people say, oh, how can that be that the cat is answering in language or so? Of course they don't. But it's the conversion from a thought then back into, into your language. And what I'm always saying, if people say, oh, I cannot imagine that this is possible. And then this is a fair point. So if I cannot imagine something to happen, then I limit myself to experience that. I'm usually saying, hey, totally fine. You know, I come from a very analytical background too, and I couldn't do this a decade ago. But you can see in my story what is possible. So if curious about experiencing this, so, I mean, nothing can happen if you just try it and ask somebody who is specialized on this and, and do this and then just make this experience. And then you can, of course, say, oh, this is not for me. It's totally fine. Yeah. But um, I think what's important is to just be open to a world that's much bigger than 
the emotional and the mental level. And this is where uh, the animal communication takes place and also where the energy healing takes place. It's beyond that. Yes. And it's very much, there's a lot based on intuition, which is something that even if you can only open your mind so much, all of us have heard about, you know, gut instinct, intuition, that wording, go with your gut. So this is kind of a little, that this is a much broader as, you know, as yeah. than, than that. Yeah, I think I also have a section included in the book where I explain the instinct, intellect, and intuition. And this is really important to understand because there's a lot of confusion out there. So intuition is very connected to experience, and that is not the case. So yeah, the intellect is basically the voice of your rational mind. Then you have the instinct, that's the voice of your body. So how your blood circulation works, how you're breathing, your instinct takes care of that. And nobody's focused on that. It's just happening in the body. And then intuition, that's the voice of your soul. So I think if you look at these three terms together, then it's also easier to better understand that. And if your intellect is very dominant in everything, you suppress the intuition, the voice of your soul, because you, you basically put an overlay on it. And this is the mental level. And the intellect, this is what we learn in school and our educational system. This is all about training the intellect. So, and all of this, what we learn there is basically based on data from the past. And then the answers we create with the intellect only are based on data from the past. So, which is why it's so important to balance that out. Of course, I'm not saying don't use your intellect. Of course, use your mind, <laughs> but also listen to your soul's voice, to your intuition. So finding that balance brings you a lot more in alignment with your soul's journey. It's very interesting because I've had times where I've been quite intuitive and you really have to work at it because you cannot let your mind take over and do what you want to happen. That's why they say people that are are mind readers or intellect, they can't win the lottery because you want that. You can't separate yourself from, okay, what is, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe if you're a great medium, you could, even though we're we're going a little bit off the path here, but- you, you have to, right? You have to, you know, step back and just not think of what you want to happen, which I guess is your intellect taking over. You have to think about what is going to happen. You know what I mean? Just in a way. Yeah. So you could probably say it much more eloquently, but um, <laughs> I found that when there's things that happen or things that, you know, anxiety proven or whatever, and you want to just resolve it, you can't always make that decision because you can't pull yourself back enough because you have too much, I guess, the wrong energy around the situation. And that's, is that why you have other people talk to your cats or are you at a level now where you can talk to your cats? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I wasn't, I didn't learn it until I I had my, my cats then. So, and I, I really had challenges with flicks because he was so very fearful when he was still half a year with us. So I was just looking for help. And then I found this concept of animal communication. So this is how I found Sylvia at this point, and which was my first connection to, to this topic. And it was so very accurate 
what she sent back and she only worked with two images from him she she never saw him physically so and i mean everyone had just a, a lot of tears in their eyes reading this the, those people who knew flicks because they said this is absolutely flicks and then it was the same with max as well then i said i mean i have to learn this i want to learn this which is why i then started learning this and then the energy work and, and everything came then all um, came then together what would you say to pet parents that are listening to this and thinking this is mind blowing this is amazing how can i get on this path to learn how to communicate with my cat on a higher level and also you also do some healing with people and cats with clearing blockages how can people get started in doing that Yeah so first of all for all those who want to learn animal communication I think there are many trainers out there and teachers who teach animal communication that's not what I teach specifically so I'm in between more focused on the energy healing work but I would just recommend to everyone if if you have a real challenge with your cat maybe you have a rescue cat and it's cat is very fearful you have to feel and the cat is really traumatized so there are a couple of ways how to approach it so first of all blockages in any way traumas in any way cannot be talked away so not with a cat and not with a human because there is simply an energetic blockage at the cellular and dna level that has to be cleared at this point but also if you want to know more about past of your cat so the previous life and you adopted a rescue i mean just make this experience with an animal communication and then just see what what resonates with you and make your experiences with that the energy clearing and healing techniques they're basically used in in, in two different ways the one is on a, if there are behavioral challenges and the other one if there are really health issues and the big also a health issue is really trauma so that's my focus area What would you tell people cuz your book is not just about the senior mm-hmm. yeah mentioned before what would you tell people that are considering reading your book why should they read your book what are they going to gain from it yeah so i think there are a couple of perspectives what you can gain from it so first of all if you really feel the soul bond between you and your cats so then you will probably enjoy the book because it's just a very heartfelt story about a very deep relationship with me and my soul cats and there are two other aspects i would like to mention uh, one is seeing your cats or transition earlier <laughs> across the rainbow bridge than if you have a 2 year old so this is just um, what you should be aware of and i also help people and animals who really have challenges with the grief um, with the transition of their cats so this is usually a topic that's not considered until it comes up all of a sudden and then cat owners are not prepared and feel very pressured to make the right choices and this is helping a cat in last stage of their lives i found it always It is not a comfort zone don't get me wrong but I also found it beautiful to to help them on their last journey and you read the book I was very very challenged with Max when that happened and he gave me big lessons I learned a lot until I could really let go and and accept his path it was very different with Howie then and also with Flix 
So the better you're prepared and the more you know about these last stages of your life, the better you can help them, you can support them, and you can also learn learn from it. So that's an area that's really helpful, especially for people who have seniors and yeah, have this event coming up. And the other part of it, it's, it's really about my journey, how I get out of a pure corporate world into um, really the, the energy healing work, how I learned all of this and Yara started Energy Field Mastery and do this work now for humans and animals. And I'm also a teacher on this. So this is just a component for everyone to get. I mean, I talk a lot about some of the senior cat illnesses and also how I was always looking for alternatives. So you will always see there is standard medicine and it has its place, no doubt. And I'm always on diagnostics there. But especially when you have chronic diseases like the chronic kidney disease or things like that, or thyroid issues, you need a more long a long-term approach to to help the cats to stabilize and balance all of this. And this is an area where energy healing work can help a lot. So I've seen this now with um, the cats I'm working now with and with my own cats. So I have ones that a thyroid issue is now resolved. So so my 17-year-old now is out of medication. So And that was just energy work. So there are really uh, good ways to support these longer term chronic diseases also energetically so that you can reduce the medication or maybe you can get off the medication. Yeah, so these are basically the three big areas we'll find value in, in our story. Before we um, let people know where they can find out more information, I just wanted to comment and, you know, in reading the book, I kind of get this, but do you think there's just more intensity of feeling between the senior cats and yourself because it's the last leg of their journey. They know they're sick. They know you're trying to make them feel well. Is it more of an intense relationship in a sense than say starting out with a new little kitten? I think it really depends on on the relationship as such. But I, so from my experience, so Max wouldn't have said, you know, I'm sick and I know you're helping me, but said, no, I have a great day and I don't allow anything to disturb my beautiful day. So they were really living in the now. And that's a big lesson we can learn from all our pets and all animals to really focus on the now and be in that moment and really present to the moment. And they just go from one moment to the next one. Also, I learned a lot from Flix over the last eight months. He was really allowing himself to surrender to this process. And this is where we humans have a hard time. And we think, okay, how will this continue? And what will be next week? And so they don't. They just surrender to this process. That's to me always a beautiful lesson. Yeah. I mean, he adapted, you know, with, with his tilted neck, his tilted face, right? And, and yeah, he, he did so many. <laughs> He's my hero. Yeah. <laughs> He's my absolute I mean, hero is Flix. <laughs> it's so amazing. That's something that definitely that animals can do. It's amazing how adaptful they are. I think more so than, well, humans are adaptful too, but I think animals just, you know, they just, okay, I have three legs. I'm going to make this work. We've seen pets like that, you know, or animals like that. Yeah. And he was really fighting himself back into his cat life. That was, that was so amazing to see. And he, I mean, that was really developing his inner strength uh, in, in that process. 
Yeah, that made him very strong. <laughs> very strong, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Laura, it's been so wonderful speaking with you. Thank you so much for sharing your book. It was just an eye-opening journey and a great book. I was mesmerized. Where can our listeners find your book and find out more about you and what you're doing now? Yeah, so the book is available on Amazon.com. Just check out Soul Cats and my name, Tamara Schenk, and you will find it as ebook, paperback, or audiobook, whatever you prefer. And there is a book website. It's called soulcats.com. So it's spelled soul-cats.com. So I have a blog on this page and I also have information to my services to the Auric Clearing Room and specifically to Trauma Clearing for Cats, which is especially for rescues or for older cats or those who had accidents or bad experiences with humans. So that's so important to help them to clear past trauma. And there will be soon more uh, certifications for auric clearing and trauma clearing work. And for the human side, so all the work I also do for humans, just check out energyfieldmastery.com. So there is a lot on my main website on everything I do. Tamar, thank you so much for coming on Catitude. It's been in such an enlightening experience and for sharing all of your information as well as telling us about the magnificent cats that you were taking care of and talking about in your book, Soul Cats, Max, Flix, and Howie. So thank you again for coming on Catitude. Thanks so much, Michelle. It was a great pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. You're so welcome. I hope you enjoyed this show. Quite different, quite a different book. And it's just an amazing story. Please be sure to check out Soul Cats by Tamara Schenk. And I'd like to thank my cats that stir my soul, Sammy and Jethro and Charlotte, Dennis and Molly. So thank you. And of course, thanks to Nikki. Thanks to my guest. Thanks especially to my Catitude audience. I appreciate you so much. And of course, thank you to my producer, Mark Winter, for making me and my guests sound amazing. Now remember, lose the attitude, have catitude. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>